You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. D-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. Hurts, keeping, first down, and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by the Believe Podcast Network and sponsored by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is a, the best sports betting website around. You can use our promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V. They will match up to 50% of your initial first deposit. That's 50% of your initial first deposit. Football season's coming around. Let's win some money together. BetOnline.ag. Co-host Connor Miles here with my co-host Ed Kras, as always. Ed, the 53-man roster for the Eagles is set. It's been set for a couple days now. Uh, the huge, huge news that's coming from Philadelphia is the fact that not only they acquired Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, they traded away Jalen Rager, the first-round pick from two years ago. That experiment is finally over. It's officially done. That We can close that in the history books for the Eagles. Rager is now on the Minnesota Vikings. He followed the path of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside earlier this offseason that was shipped off to Seattle, who ended up being cut. While I was in Seattle, but uh, interesting turning of the tides, you could say, Ed, you know, how he's finally ending his mistakes. He's not keeping draft picks that he invested high uh, capital into. He's moving on if they're not working out. I mean, Kayvon Wallace, Quez Watkins are like the only survivors from that 2020 class right now, I believe currently. Uh, It's something, you know, how he was never like that before, Ed. Do you think his this is a new high erosion that we're seeing? Yeah, there are others. I think Jalen Hurts is a class of 2020 oh uh jack driscoll is the 2020 he's your backup uh right tackle maybe yeah, a little, little silly by me there a little silly yeah, by no me no there. i mean i it, i get it you know some of those key pieces uh well hurts is a key piece but yeah Rager's your first round pick he's gone um hey kudos to howie for you know finding a match for him you know it's it's really ironic that he's going to go play for the team that drafted justin jefferson and now he's going to be justin jefferson's teammate so he won't have to hear about that, or maybe he will. I don't know. But to me, Rager's going to Minnesota to be a punt returner, um, kind of like what his role was going to be here. I mean, it's he'll get some reps, maybe some more than he would have gotten in Philadelphia, but uh, he'll return punts out in Minnesota just like he would have here, and now trading him away begs the question, who's going to return punts for the Eagles? Uh, got me. Not many people can do it. Britton Covey's on the practice squad. Uh, Maybe they call him up and make room on their 53. Then somebody has to go. So, yeah, the 53 set, but, you know, it's not set in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be some changes as we uh, go through these next few days leading up to the opener in Detroit. Speaking of Monte Rager and what well, you have and I have, while well, this whole trade was going down and, you know, Minnesota entered it pretty early into the sweepstakes to get Rager. Uh, and, you know, I, I got to give it to him. I know that they laughed and they had that draft video of, they couldn't believe the Eagles took Jefferson and that Jefferson was falling to their laps over Rager. But Minnesota, from what Monte Rager has told us, is was always interested in Jalen from the start, from when he was first drafted, before he even became a Philadelphia Eagles. So there was always some kind of history there. Now, Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer are gone. This is a whole new coaching staff and no, new uh, GM and regime. So those guys had no part in it. But, you know, they don't have, other than, Jefferson and, and Adam Thielen, they still have a question mark in KJ Osborne. Is he really their slot guy of the future? They don't know yet. Rager's good competition for that. 
I just think, you know, with Thielen getting older, uh, Jefferson Jefferson being their primary target, this is a good, this is a good situation for Jalen Rager. It's not like where he is in Philadelphia where he was expected to be the guy. He's going to a team where there, there's no expectations on him. He can do whatever he needs to do to try to beat out KJ Osborne for the slot position. So uh, change of scenery is good for both sides. I think, I think it was really good for both sides, but uh, I could see Minnesota did have interest before, just not, not with this re, uh, regime now. So we'll see how yeah. it goes there, but let's move on to Chauncey Carter. Chauncey, what yeah. a deal. I've been calling for that trade since January Ed, on, on Eagles today. I, I really thought that that player, Pacific player, would fit the Eagles best for what they want to do. And for all those who are out there questioning if if Chauncey Gardner-Johnson could play safety, if he's really a fit for it because he's been primarily been a nickel for the New Orleans Saints, I, I laugh at that notion, to be honest with you, Ed. I think that's hilarious because you see Jonathan Gannon and what he's trying to do with the defensive backs and being interchangeable. There's a reason why he keeps trying to train cross-train his slot corners to be safeties and vice versa. Uh, there's a reason for that, and you acquired the player that can play both positions and do it fairly well in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You don't make a trade for a player that you don't see envisioning to fit in your scheme, and I think that he got the perfect player for John DeGan's scheme uh, in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I'm excited to see what he does in the, in the secondary. Ed, what do you think about that move? Yeah, uh, you know, and, and and once again, the Eagles and, and Saints, Mickey Loomis making uh, some, some business together. Uh, I think they gave up really nothing to get him. And that's sort of Absolutely surprising um, where they gave up a fifth next year. And then uh, the later of their two sixth round picks in 2024. So uh, really that's nothing. And the Eagles already own the saints first pick next year and their second pick in 2024. So, and they got Ian book from the saints practice squad. So, or after they waived him, I should say, and they uh, added him to the 53. So, uh, yeah, I think Gardner Johnson is is going to fit this scheme uh, that Jonathan Gannon wants to play. Now, how much of a role will he have going to Detroit and then home home the following week against Minnesota? We'll see. He's a pretty smart guy by all accounts. He he's picked up the playbook. He talked himself when we talked to him earlier in the week that you know he's going to put in some extra time. He's going to work overtime, as he put it, to you know learn what his role is going to be initially, and then I'm sure it will grow from there. But you know, he's the kind of guy that always seems to be around the ball. Uh, three interceptions last year. Um, I think he'll be fine at safety. I really do. And, uh, you know, of course, with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, you're getting that chirpy guy, you know, that guy that likes to kind of stir the pot a little bit and uh, talk some trash. And it's it's funny that, you know, he was asked about it. Some of the his teammates were asked about it. And, you know, it's a shame we don't get to see him in camp because I'm sure him and A.J. Brown would have had some good battles uh going against each other and uh, you know there would have been some trash talking going on there for sure and AJ might not have taken too kindly to it so there might have been some pushing and shoving with those two guys but we won't get to see them practice a whole lot except for you know warm-ups and individual drills things like that the rest of the season but um, it's going to be fun to see him uh, kind of stir the pot a little bit and you hope he doesn't cross the line and pick up any personal foul penalties or you know un unnecessary roughness stuff but um, he's going to fit this defense fine and you know, kudos to Howie. You know, he tried Jaquaski Tart. You know, they thought that maybe he would be the answer and he didn't prove to be. So he knew they needed to do something. And he went out and he made something happen. And it almost sounded like he was the one that initiated it. When we talked to him uh, after the trade, he said that, you know, he looked at rosters or he's always looking at other teams rosters. And he saw that the Saints had some depth there. Him and Loomis have a relationship having made trades in the past. So it sounds like he's the one that picked up the phone and said, hey, 
do you have any interest in trading Chauncey Gardner Johnson? We know that he's at a salary impasse with you. I think there were maybe $4 million short in what Chauncey Gardner was looking for. This is the last year of his deal. I would expect the Eagles to probably try to sign him to a long-term deal, maybe three years. I don't know what that contract will look like, seven, eight million per year, maybe. Um, but yeah, so Mickey Loomis is like, okay, we have a strength in our secondary. We signed to Ryan Mateau. We, we signed Marcus May, who's now in trouble on this, uh, you know, this assault gun charge that he, he's alleged to have been involved with. So, you know, but, you know, give, give Howie Roseman credit for, you know, knowing what he wanted, who had, you know, some resources to perhaps trade and he made it happen. And you're forgetting a huge part here. Where did Chauncey Carter Johnson go to go to college? Yeah, Florida, right? Yeah, that's, I think that's what that that's what really was at the top of the chart right there. He goes, that's a Florida guy. I need that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, so, no I mean, doubt. Chauncey Gardner Johnson is from the area I live in, Florida. So all the fans around Florida are that know me, that know I'm an Eagles fan, are all telling me, like, you guys got to steal. I can't believe you only give up a fifth and a sixth. Like, this kid's going to be an all-pro. And he's only 24 years old. That's, I think that's the, the, the main theme of this offseason is, yes, you're making these moves that are really headline-worthy, but you're making these moves that are long-term commitments, potentially, because mm-hmm. A.J. Brown is with you for the next six years. He signed that deal. You don't trade for Chauncey Garner-Johnson unless you're confident enough in getting an extension done with him. And, and luckily for the Eagles, they have the cheapest safety room in the NFL anyways. So they can, they can afford to extend a safety and pay a safety what they need to pay a safety. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Exciting. What? Do you think this is high risk best offseason on paper? Well, I, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, he's bringing in key players. Now, you know, you look at the Super Bowl year, he was the executive of the year in 2017 for his offseason moves. And, you know, he brought in Alshon Jeffrey, who, you know, was a good wide receiver then. He brought in Torrey Smith, who was a good wide receiver. He brought in Chris Long, who had just come off a Super Bowl. He added LeGarrette Blunt, who had come off a of Super Bowl. So, I mean, that was a really good offseason, no doubt about it. And I, I think this is, a you know, another home run offseason. Is it better than 2017? I mean, again, I don't see how we can say that it is until it produces a trip to the Super Bowl. Uh, right now, I think 2017 is probably a bigger impact. Now, you know, A.J. Brown. Uh, great move, obviously. It had a very good draft. He had a good draft in 17. Derek Barnett was a huge contributor uh, in his rookie year. There's no doubt, a first-round pick. We'll see if Jordan Davis has a similar impact. But, you know, bringing in James Bradbury, Hassan Reddick, Kaiser White, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I mean, looks great, you know, but let's see it all come together on the field now. That's going to be the big challenge for Nick Sirianni. Can he make – and Jonathan Gannon, can he make all these new parts mesh quickly and get off to the kind of start Eagles fans want to see – or are they going to come out and be stuck in neutral and go 500 for the first month and a half and then hopefully turn it on? So um, until we see the outcome at the end of this year, I'm not ready to say it was a, the, a better offseason than 2017. On paper, I think it was. On paper. Yeah, on paper, Like sure. you're saying. Like you're saying. It has to – we have to actually see the win-loss results. But, I mean, those moves in 2017, you know, you, you didn't – it does feel different for me still because – Hassan Reddick has just hidden his prime as a play. He finally gets it. Like, he finally got it. And it's only been the last two years. A.J. Brown is going into his fourth year. Yeah. Chauncey Garner-Johnson is, is incredibly young. You know, I know James Bradbury is not young, but, I mean, this is the best cornerback, too, you've had since Sheldon Brown. Yeah. Like, it's, it's mind-blowing. 
It, it yeah. is mind blowing to see how. And then Jordan Davis, I think, just to throw it out there, I think he's gonna have a better rookie year than Derek Barnett did. So uh, it's crazy, Ed. It is crazy to see what how how successful this offseason was when you jam pack it all together, and the fact that in the beginning of it, the first three weeks, we were saying, "What is he doing? Yeah, I'm doing anything." Yeah. And now we're at this point where we're debating if it was his best offseason of his history. Yeah. Wow. What a 360 by High Roseman there. Bravo me, on my end. Let me give you Barnett's stats as a rookie, and we'll see if Davis can top him. Now, I don't think Davis is going to be a big stats guy in his career, you know, at least early on. I don't I, think that, he, that's why I compared him to Vita, uh, Vita Vea. I think he's yeah. the best Buccaneers defensive player, but nobody would tell you that because the box score doesn't reflect it. But everybody looks at stats. But, yeah. you know, Barnett, Barnett, his rookie year, he had five sacks. Okay, that that's pretty good for a rookie. Yeah, I mean, five sacks. He had one forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, um, and he made. Uh, let me see how many tackles he made. Uh, well, he only had twenty five tackles, which isn't a lot. But you know, he was pretty, on a rotational basis too. Yeah, so five yeah, pretty, sacks on a rotational basis is yeah. very good for a rookie. Pretty pretty good numbers. Yeah, and he you know he made a huge play in the NFC Championship game when he sacked uh, Kirk Cousins uh, or not Kirk Cousins, uh, who the heck, Case Keenum. Uh, you know, it's seven, seven Minnesota's at the 20 yard line, ready to go in and make it 14, seven or take, kick a field goal. And Burnett Saxon forces a fumble, uh, and kills the momentum. And then the Eagles go on to a route. Uh, you know, he recovered Derek, uh, branding Rams fumble on Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I mean, he was, he was a playmaker Derek. Oh, Burnett. he was always there. He, yeah, yeah. Burnett's always there. Yeah. Where, I, I, that's the one thing I can say about Derek Burnett. He's always around the ball. Yeah, he hustles. He hustles. Even, you know, when the play's on the other side of the field, he'll try to run it down, even if it's, you know, 10 yards down the field on a running play. But he's he's around the ball. Um, say what you want about his penalties and his pension for, you know, roughing the passer and personal fouls and whatnot. But he had a great rookie year. Davis, that's a big bar for Jordan Davis to, to get over statistically. Now he'll impact. Hopefully he impacts the game in other ways, uh, allows linebackers like TJ Edwards and Kaiser White and Hassan Reddick and whoever else, Nicobe Dean, when he gets his chance to, to kind of get to the ball and make the tackles. So hopefully he occupies blockers and is doing his job in that regard. That's what I, that's how I want everybody to evaluate Jordan Davis's rookie season. Instead of looking at his numbers and his stats specifically, look at the guys around him. You know, look at the edge rusher that's opposite of him. Look at the linebacker that's rushing the passer behind him. Look at their production this year. And if they take off, it means Jordan Davis did his job and did very, fared very well as a rookie. So that's how I want everybody to evaluate Jordan Davis's rookie year. Instead of looking at, because we know the player that he is, he's going to be a d- disruptor for sure. It's just not always going to reflect in the box score like he did in that Georgia. But there's right. a reason why the Eagles trade up for him. There's a reason why he was a top 15 pick. He would have been regardless of the, if the Eagles make that move or not. The Ravens would take him at 14. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for all this stuff. And you're going to see it this year when guys like Hassan Reddick, Kobe Dean or TJ Edwards or Kaiser White or another guy in the opposite of him, Brandon Graham, Josh Watt, whoever it may be, have double double digit sack seasons. Like that's what I'm trying to that's what I'm trying to say. He's eating that interior guard up. He's eating the center up. He's grabbing all their attention. You're getting a one on one for your for your edge rushers on offensive tackles who primarily beat those guys. I, I'm excited. Jordan Davis could be a huge part, but he's definitely. I think it's easier for me to say maybe not in the box score way but i think he's gonna have a bigger year rookie year than uh Derek barnett did on a rotational basis i think that for sure i could probably you know bet that right now i think yeah. you know javon hargrave and fletcher cox gonna need as much breathers at more so than the edge rushers did when Derek barnett was a rookie so i think jordan davis has plentiful opportunities this year and i think he's gonna make 
Hassan Reddick better. I think he's going to make Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, whoever on the other, whoever he's on the side of rushing the passer better. I think he's always going to make, you know, maybe either Hargrave or Cox, whoever he's lined up next to, Milton Williams. You can make them better too with their opportunities. So Jordan Davis is like, like I'm saying, the Vita Vea of the Eagles defense is who I think he's going to become. He's not going to be the guy that makes the flashy plays himself. He's going to be the guy that does all the dirty work so the flashy plays happen. Yeah, I agree. So I think one uh, – what's the one surprising cut that the Eagles made that really threw you off? I think I'm going to go with mine real quick, and then I'm going to let you talk about yours. Mine's Andre Jachere. I could have sworn he was making the team. If I had to 53-man roster projection, he's on there nine times out of ten. I was a little, I know he's on the practice squad. They got him back. They got lucky with that one, I think, because I think he's a great special teamer, which uh, another reason why I hate losing him because, you know, the Eagles seem to get rid of these special team guys like Rudy Ford, Andre Share, and that does hurt them the following year. So I, I hope that's not going to be the case here. But that was my surprise preseason cut, Ed, to be honest with you, was Andre Share. I know everybody's going to say Devin Allen, Brittany Covey, Deion Kane. Deion Kane's track record has been this. Brittany Covey and, and Devin Allen – did not do enough in the preseason or camp, in my opinion, to warrant 53-man roster spots. Practice squad, yes, because especially Devin Allen. I think they have something in Devin Allen, but you're going to have to develop that, and where's the best place to do it? So is the practice squad. That's why he's there. That's why he made it there. But I think there, I think I would not pluck off the practice squad to fill that last wide receiver spot. If you're looking for a turner, there's got to be somebody out there on waivers that just got waived or on somebody's practice squad that has those abilities that showed a little bit more than those guys. Well, I mean, 31 other teams felt the same way on Allen, Covey, and Kane. Otherwise, some other team would have picked them up and added them to their roster. Didn't do it. They're back with the Eagles on the practice squad. And, you know, again, getting back to Covey, he's the only guy that can return punts on this team, on this roster, in my opinion. And the Eagles are playing a risky game, keeping him on the practice squad. What if a team wanted to claim him? Now, I know you need to keep a team or a player on your roster for three for three games after you claim them off a practice squad. But if you're the Detroit Lions or the Washington Commanders or some team that the Eagles are playing early in the season, go ahead and claim them, man. Then what are the Eagles going to do? I mean, who's going to return punts? Really? They don't have anybody. Boston Scott did it a few times under Doug Peterson. Quez Watkins, I don't think you want him doing it. Um, who are you going to use? Remember in 2007 when the Eagles went to Green Bay, they had just cut Jeremy Bloom. They didn't have Reno Mahi, and they threw out J.R.E. Well, and Greg Lewis, G. Lou, he he muffed a punt in the first quarter that led to a Green Bay touchdown. Less than a minute to go. J.R. Reed's out there. He steps up in the traffic, muffs that one. The Green Bay Packers recover a kick of 42-yard field goal and win 16-13. That's what we're looking at here. The Eagles have nobody to return punts. And this is a big mistake by Roseman and Sirianni. Unless they're going to bring Covey up. But Covey can catch the ball. That's great. Didn't see a whole lot of explosion from him after he caught it in preseason. Uh, but listen, just catch the ball. That's what you want at this point as your punt returner. And that's that's neglect. You need somebody that can make a play in the return game. I know it's only two or three punts you're talking about each game, but you need to find somebody that can do that job. And I'm not saying Rager was any great shakes at it, but at least he's a guy who had done it. You know, he's a guy that returned a 72-yard punt against the Packers as a rookie. They don't have anybody now. But anyway. Surprise cut to me was, you know, you're in the right room there with the safety group. I'm going to say Anthony Harris was my surprise cut. Um, you know, this is a veteran guy that came back on a one-year deal, seven-year veteran, 
good locker room presence, really good leader on the back end, real good guy, basically in general to have in the locker room, good chemistry type guy. Um, you think he's going to start all camp. You're thinking, okay, he's going to be your starter opposite Marcus Epps. And then Tuesday comes and boom, he's gone. Um, now they brought him back to the practice squad. They didn't want to, I understand the move. They didn't want to pay, uh, or guarantee his, his contract for the full year. You know, the Eagles are still a little bit over the salary cap. They have to get under by Wednesday at 4 PM. They're like 200,000 over. So they didn't want to guarantee Harris's contract. I get it. He'll probably be added at some point, I would guess, after week one, um, unless, you know, the New York Giants claim him. There's reports that the Giants have an interest in maybe bringing Harris onto their roster. So that, to me, was the biggest surprise, just given his history in the game. Uh, seven years, you know, was a really good player in Minnesota. He's probably average at best, but still off the field, good guy to have in your locker room. And now you risk possibly uh, losing that guy to maybe an NFC East team. It was it was a surprise. And. You know, he is Jonathan Gannon's pupil, too. So I think that's what was the most shocking about it. That's a good pick there. I just think this team looks like they just want to go younger, though. I know that the, how old Bradbury and Slay are, but, I mean, it just seems like they want youth in that safety room. I also think this team is just an organization that does not value that position that much. Mm-hmm. They're showing you that right now. They have the cheapest safety room in the league. like, But it's noticeably cheaper. So – I. I just think they wanted to get better at safety. I mean, like I said, Harris was average. I mean, Shashari was young. They didn't keep him. But I, I just think they want to just simply get better. And Gardner Johnson is potentially better than Harris. Like you said, he's 24 years old, right? Twenty, Yeah, 24. I mean, he, he's better. He's better than Anthony mm-hmm. Harris. They just wanted to get better. And it came at the cost of Anthony Harris. I'd be interested to just go to the Giants. Uh I mean, I, I, th- I agree with you. I think this is a stash move to bring him back so that they don't guarantee a salary because you're right. They do have to get under $200,000. That's a good point. Uh, I think the other, also great point is that nobody's really talking about that I really would like to expand on is you're right. You know, kicker turner, punt returner, and nobody's really talking about this. I mean, they're talking about it, but they're, they're not as passionate as what you just did. This is going to be an issue. And you got, what, eight days to figure it out. Yeah. Ah. You got all 53 spots on your roster full at this point. Who are you going to cut? Um, you know, there, there are candidates, obviously. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Maybe an offensive lineman. But look what happened there. The Eagles cut Jack Anderson, who I thought would make the team. And they right. kept Josh Sills, an undrafted rookie free agent. And the Giants claimed Jack Anderson. I think if you cut Sills, somebody's going to grab him too. So you have to be careful who you who you wave. I mean, the Eagles tried to get Casey Tuhill to the practice squad uh, now he's starting in place of Chase Young in Washington. He's a good player from Stanford, good edge rusher. Um, but the Eagles tried to do that. They needed a, a roster spot to bring back. I can't remember who. It might have been Barnett or Curry, somebody like that. And they cut Casey Tuhill, and they wanted to get him to the practice squad. And the Washington said, not so fast. We're taking him. And now he's starting down in D.C. So you got to be careful who you're going to cut, but they need to find a punt returner and they're going to have to find one. They're going to have to add them to the 53, which means they're going to have to cut somebody. And then you're really risking cutting somebody from this roster because there's a potential he's going to get claimed. Yeah, Because the guys are going to cut or Marlon T. He'd get claimed immediately. I don't think they'll cut him either. I'm just saying, but I'm I'm looking at I'm thinking of positions that like that they're stacked at. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, safety, could you cut a Reed Blankenship? I mean, someone's going to grab him. 
Um, I don't think they want to do that either. I think I think it's more likely that Reed Blankenship stays with the team that more so than Anthony Harris at this point. So to me, I think they should get rid of Ian Book. Uh, or not yeah, there. I didn't like that move at all. I'm going to be I honest mean, with you. You know, I, I I didn't either. But to me, you don't need three quarterbacks. Ian Book's not going to be active on game day. So, you know, that's probably what they'll do. I mean, they had to add him to the 53 when they claimed him. They so always roll probably, three quarterbacks still, though. That's that's the thing. It's just it, it seems like a high Roseman. You know, I've learned this from Andy Reid, so I'm going to continue it on tradition of keeping three quarterbacks. Yeah, they're not going to – I don't – I think if – you know, that's just my prediction. If they're going to cut somebody, it's going to be Ian Book, and they're going to try to get him to the practice squad. But to claim him initially, they had to add him to the 53. So I think that's probably, now that I think about it, who they would waive to probably get Britton Covey on the team, and it's going to be Britton Covey who's going to return the punts. So, um, listen, the Eagles – I mean, they wanted Kellen Mond, right? Uh, that's yeah. who they put claim in for. He went to Cleveland earlier in the uh, waiver claim order. But they settled on Ian Book. And Nick Sirianni, you know, typically very pleased with signing Ian Book. He knows Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He said that relationship. He he talked to Tommy Reese about Ian Book. They did a lot of pre-draft work on him. I think they would have drafted him had he not gone in the fourth round of the Saints. Maybe they would have added him, you know, in the sixth or seventh round or as an undrafted free agent. Um, so yeah, the Eagles are going to need somebody to be a backup quarterback. If Jalen Hurts pans out this year, they need a backup quarterback next year because Gardner Minshew's on the last year of his deal. Um, they need to develop somebody, uh, or they're going to have to draft somebody next year, which is probably more likely, but it would be good if they could keep me in book and try to develop him. You know, Nick Sirianni said, Tommy Reese told him there were practices where the ball never touched the ground. Uh, you know, and of course we heard that about Sam Bradford too. And then Bradford came here and the ball always seemed to touch the ground, but, um, but you know, who knows? So, but if they can develop him, you know, maybe on the practice squad, keep him around the team, let him learn your system, maybe build him up. Then, you know, who knows, maybe he can compete to be the backup with whoever they draft next season. I think he's staying around. I, I get where you're going with that one. I do. I just, you know, for some reason they just keep three quarterbacks, even reads in it, you know, he made the 53 and, Played on the majority last year um, after they traded Joe Flacco. So we'll see. I mean, I, for some reason, they like keeping three quarterbacks, and I'm not sure they get rid of Booger. I think, you know, maybe the one wild card is uh, getting under the 53 is you get a couple practices of Trey Sermon in. You see where he's at. You see why Kyle Shanahan made the decision he did to release him after one year, pick him in the third round. Uh, and you see there's something worth build upon if there's not move along because you have the guys on the practice squad, uh, LaMichael Perrine, who's easily called up if you need him at any time. I mean, again, you can sign players off the practice squad at any moment. Any team could. So that's where Ed's worry is. And I completely understand that worry uh, 100%. But, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about Trey Sermon? Because to me, a lot of people are seems to go back, revert to, you know, he was a third-round pick for a reason. He did great things at Ohio State in championship games. But I'll tell you right now, Ed, if Kyle Shanahan doesn't want a running back and is willing to waive him after one year being a rookie and let guys undrafted free agents beat him out, I'm not so sure about that guy. Uh, we'll see. I think, you know, the change of scheme and, and being behind the Eagles offensive line always helps. And, you know, we all like to forget. It doesn't really matter if you're Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, Jason Huntley, or Kenny Gainwell after missing one year of football. When you're playing with the dual threat of Jalen Hurts, you're going to succeed in some sort of fashion. You're going to be having an opportunity for you to run the ball because of 
his dual threat ability. So you're going to succeed. I have no doubt about that. I just thought, uh, interesting. I think the Trey Sherman waiver claim was interesting. They do need a bigger back. They needed a guy to add to that room. They got a guy with potential in Trey Sherman. There's no risk in making that claim whatsoever. So, of course, I'm all for it. But, you know, that might – they get these couple practices, and that might be the guy that they're like, yeah, we can do without him. You know, yeah. that, we'll stick with three running backs, and we'll have the fourth waiting in the wings on the practice squad. Let's go pick up uh, our fifth wide receiver. We'll see. I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts about Trey Sermon, though? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, listen, they, they could waive him and try to bring him back to the practice squad, but he's like Ian Book. You needed to put him on the 53 once you claim somebody. So now I, I, I guess you could. I don't think there's any rule that says you have to keep. Were the uh, Eagles in the 16th waiver priority? Uh, Is it 15th or 16th? I think it's I think it's 15, isn't it? Because that's 15th. where they were supposed to draft. Yeah, so I think the 14 15. teams said no to Trey Sermon. Right. After one year being a third round pick. Maybe somebody did afterward, but again, you know, they got to cut somebody to make room for this fifth wide receiver or the punt return or whatever you want to call him. So Sermon have to be a wide receiver. It could be a corner, uh, right? Running back. It could be a. It could be another position, but it's looking like it's going to be wide receiver because only have four wide receivers. Well, it's got to be a punt return. If if it's you know, yeah, got to be some kind of special teams contributor if you're going to be a fifth wide receiver on this team. And and here's another option. They could put like a Josh Job on like the injured reserve, you know, the reserve injured list, miss four oh, games. Yes. Um, you know, they they could possibly do that. He's kind of been hurt. So that could be a move that they make too. Um, you know, there are different ways I guess they could go. So uh but as far as Sermon, yeah, he's somebody different. He's somebody that the team doesn't have. You know, Jamal Singleton, the running back coach, talked to us in the summer at camp and you know, he said that they don't need a big back. If you're looking for a big back, you could say Boston Scott is our big back, which sounds like an oxymoron because Boston Scott's five foot six, five foot seven, but he weighs 205 pounds and he's huge from the waist down. I mean, that the bowling guy, ball. Yeah, he 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 can get some short yards for you, but uh, you know, you, you, Sermon might be able to do that behind this offensive line. He's six foot, 215 pounds. Yeah, it's a concern that Shanahan gave up, but I was told that Shanahan gives up. If he doesn't see something right away, then he's gone. And, you know, he didn't really have the kind of impact that they had hoped last year. He's a third-round pick. Um, you know, he played in the same backfield as Kennedy Brooks, who's on the Eagles practice squad. Jalen Hurts, obviously, when he was at Oklahoma, um, you know, because that's, that's where uh, – Trey Sermon started and then he transferred out to Ohio state for his final year. But I mean, I, I think that he has the ability and the, and now on his second team, maybe it kind of clicks for him, kind of like we're saying with Rager, you know, maybe the change of scenery will do Trey Sermon. Good Um, being around Jalen hurts again, Kennedy Brooks again, you know, some familiarity with his college teammates. Um, But, you know, I think he's a guy that can help this team. I really do. He runs hard. He's physical. Um, he's tough to bring down. So, you know, I like, uh, I like Trey Sermon. I think it was a good pickup, um, by the Eagles and we'll see if, if they can develop him and, and kind of let him live up to that. Some of that potential that he had, I don't think he's ever going to light it up, but I think he can catch the ball. I think he can run hard in short down situations. Um, and I think he was a good acquisition. Um, so we'll see where it goes from here. Oh, 100% worth the risk, though. You have to take the flyer on a guy like that with his potential, for sure, yep. especially with the backfield with, you know, you don't know the long-term future of this backfield currently right now. So, and Miles Sanders is banged up, too. You have to add a running back. I, I, I fully understand the move. I just, 
you know, a lot of it seems like a lot of people are already thinking it's going to be it's going to pay off. And I'm not so sure about that yet, but I think it's 100 percent worth the risk. That's 100 percent a fact. Yeah. All right, Ed. So this is going to do it for us. We're going to wrap it up now. Guys, we'll be back soon with more content. The Eagles football is finally here. The NFL season started. Preseason is over. Their 53-man roster is set for now, but I do agree with Ed. I do think they make that Joe Byar move and add another guy so that they don't have to get rid of Ian Book or Trey Sermon like we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. I think that's the route that they actually end up going. So when that happens after this episode is recorded and aired, just know that we did end it with that. But we think Joe goes on IR and they add for a 53-man roster spot that way. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back very soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.